Hey there, Brainwaves listeners. Have you heard about the latest AI-generated political advertisement to hit the scene? Yeah, the one released by the Republican National Committee, RNC, that pictures a chaotic and apocalyptic scenario under four more years of President Biden's leadership. I found this fascinating and thought I'd share some thoughts and rants about the implications of this new era of political advertising. Whether you're a political junkie or not, our democracy relies on informed citizen engagement. And let's face it, we've all felt the burn of myths and disinformation, especially on social media. So, enter the world of AI-generated political ads, and we're looking at an even murkier swamp of truth distortion. I mean, imagine candidates able to dodge accountability like some slippery eel by claiming their latest gaffe was just a deep fake. We're talking about political ads on steroids, and boy, is it concerning. Now, I know politics is a battleground, and a provocative ad or two is nothing new, but we have to consider the implications of AI-generated content on our most vulnerable members of society. Women, people of color, and LGBTQI plus individuals running for office could face even more grotesque and damaging attacks with AI technology, like deepfakes. Plus, Let's not forget how quickly and easily even supposedly transparent AI use can spiral into misinformation. So, as we wade through these AI-generated murky waters, we need to ask, what measures can we take to protect the integrity and credibility of our democracy? Congress and global tech leaders are just starting to introduce legislation and address these issues, but we have such a long, long way to go, my friends. That said, AI tech isn't all bad. It's just that, like everything else, we need some dang guardrails. Whew, now that I've let that out, it's time to get those questions rolling. Remember, brainwavespod.com is the place to be to submit and vote on questions that you want answered on the show. And who knows, maybe you'll find yourself in the next episode. So go on, get those questions in, and let's have some straight talk. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, I'm an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised. And straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey brainwaves, my name is Mike, and I'm from San Francisco. So, I'm a 32-year-old guy, and I was diagnosed with high-functioning autism a couple of years ago. I'm doing pretty well in my work life, and I can handle most social situations without embarrassments. But, I have to tell you, finding meaningful emotional support has been a real doozy. It's tough for people to read me sometimes or even understand where I'm coming from. You know, I get that I might seem aloof or socially awkward at times, but I really do value deep connections with people. I've got some friends and family, sure, but sometimes it's like they're walking on eggshells around me or just don't know how to be there for me. And don't even get me started on dating. It's like I've got some kryptonite-repelling potential partners. So, Mr. Straight Talk. What's your advice for navigating the emotional jungle of adult life with autism? How can I find people who I can truly connect with, who will get me, and who can provide me with the emotional support I need? All right, that's it. Thanks, man. Hey, Mike. Thanks for your question. 
The emotional jungle of adult life can be a challenge for everyone, but I can see how that challenge could be magnified for someone with high-functioning autism. So, let's break this down into manageable pieces and see if I can help you find your way to some deep-rooted connections and support. First of all, let's get one thing straight. You do not have any social kryptonite. I know the dating world can seem entirely unforgiving, but remember that everyone has their own unique quirks and struggles to deal with. Don't be too hard on yourself. We're all just trying to find our place out here. Now, when it comes to friends and family, it's important to open up about your experiences and your autism. Talk to them about how you feel, what you need, and share some tips on the best ways they can support you without tiptoeing like ballerinas around you. They may simply not know how to approach the situation, so a little guidance can go a long way in fostering stronger communication. As for building new connections, my general advice is to focus on shared interests or hobbies. Engaging in activities you enjoy not only puts you in a room with like-minded individuals, but will also make meeting new people feel less like a chore where you have to put up a facade. Genuine connections often spring from a mutual love of something, be it woodworking, poetry readings, or an appreciation for artisanal cheeses. I'm not judging. Another great way of meeting people who'll truly understand and support you is by joining support groups and online communities for those with high-functioning autism. In those spaces, you'll find more people who share your experiences and can help guide you on this journey. Together, you can learn valuable skills and strategies for better social interactions, deep connections, and checking in with each other in a way that's not just supportive, but actually meaningful. Now let's talk dating. It's safe to say that for many people, neurodiverse or not, this is where the emotional jungle becomes something closer to an emotional thunderdome. First off, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Rejection is a part of the process for everyone. And it's important to remember that compatibility is key, regardless of your neurodiversity status. It can be helpful to disclose your autism early, depending on your level of comfort, as it may weed out those who lack empathy or understanding and bring you closer to someone who values communication and connection above all else. Finally, Mike, know that you deserve the same emotional support and relationships as everyone else. If someone doesn't understand or appreciate you for who you are, maybe they should take a hike through another part of the emotional jungle. You've got this, and we're all out here rooting for you. Good luck navigating those emotional vines, buddy. Hey there, brainwaves. My name's Sarah, and I'm calling in from San Francisco. I recently got promoted to a managerial role at my company. Things are going great for me, but at the same time, some of my closest friends have been struggling to stay afloat in their careers. I feel guilty about celebrating my achievements, and I find myself downplaying my progress around them. So what can I do to manage these conflicting emotions? And how can I genuinely support my friends without letting my own success become a source of guilt? Love the podcast, by the way. Hey there, Sarah. First off, congrats on that promotion. Tackling a managerial role is no small feat, and you've earned a pat on the back for that one. Now let's dig into your predicament. It's clear you're a caring friend, and that's awesome. But guilt and downplaying your success? Not so awesome. Let's unpack this one step at a time. First things first. You've got to accept your success for what it is, well-deserved. Sure, you want to be sensitive to your friend's struggles, but it's also essential to step back and recognize your hard work. Allow yourself to be proud of your achievements, 
and don't stifle that feeling because of guilt. Remember, a little self-celebration never hurt anyone. Now about those friends who are struggling, and let me tell you, we've all been there. It's tough to watch those closest to us hit a rough patch, especially when we're thriving. But here's a pro tip. Keep empathy and support at the forefront while being mindful of how you present your success. That means no humble bragging or excessive sharing of your achievements that could make them feel inadequate. Instead, focus on the golden rule. Treat them like you'd want to be treated. Offer them a listening ear, provide encouragement, and maybe even share your own stories of struggle from the past. You're the person who has navigated the rough waters. Use your experience to help them with advice and reassurance. Next, let's talk about how you can genuinely support your buddies without feeling that pesky guilt. Remember, just because you're doing well doesn't mean you're somehow causing your friends tough times. You can celebrate your achievements without it becoming a source of guilt by finding ways to express genuine gratitude for where you are while empathizing with your friends' situations. Embrace a healthy mindset that acknowledges your own journey without comparing it to theirs. Consider practicing gratitude journaling to help you appreciate your journey and success. Trust me, writing out your thoughts can be the magical cure you didn't know you needed. So, Sarah, to sum it all up, embrace your success, be mindful of how you discuss it, lend your support, and foster a sense of community. You've got this, and I know your friends will appreciate it. And who knows, with a little help from their pal in high places, they might soon be right there with you, success-wise. Keep shining and thanks for tuning into Straight Talk with Brainwaves. Hey Brainwaves, this is Rebecca from Portland. So I've got this dilemma going on. I absolutely love creating art drawing, painting, you name it. In my heart, I can't imagine doing anything else professionally. But there's a catch. I have a chronic illness that makes it super hard to consistently work on my craft. It's unpredictable. Some days I'm fine, and others I can barely lift my brushes. Being able to set up for a show or even just keep a regular studio schedule feels like a pipe dream. I am always worried about letting my clients down, and it's making me question whether I should forge ahead or find a different career path altogether. Brainwaves, what do you think? How do I manage this unpredictable roller coaster, keep up with my art, and satisfy clients without driving myself into the ground? Hey, Rebecca. First off, let me just say that I'm sorry you have to deal with this chronic illness. Living with an unpredictable health condition can definitely be challenging, especially when you're trying to live your dream and pursue your passion. But don't worry, I'm here to give you some straight talk, with a side of empathy and a dash of humor. So here's the deal. As much as we all want to dive headfirst into our passions and dreams, there will always be obstacles we need to navigate. And in your case, it's a bit like trying to dance the cha-cha with a fickle partner who enjoys stepping on your toes. But hey, we can still learn to dance, right? Let's work on finding ways that'll help you do your art when you're able to, while also creating a sustainable and flexible career path. First things first, accept that your health condition may not always permit you to be as consistent or productive as you'd like. And that's okay. It's essential to practice self-care and prioritize your health above all else. Your art will always be there, but you need to take care of yourself to continue doing what you love. When it comes to satisfying clients, transparency is key. Be upfront about your situation without oversharing. 
Offering them a realistic timeline allows them to make an informed decision and can prevent misunderstandings down the line. And remember, it's always better to underpromise and overdeliver than the other way around. Now, let's explore ways to make your art career more adaptable. Consider diversifying your output. When you can't manage to lift a brush, maybe you can still sketch or dabble in digital art. If you're really unable to work on your craft, use these periods for inspiration, to study the business side of art, or to network. By doing this, you're optimizing your creative hours while still contributing to your career growth. Speaking of diversification, consider multiple streams of income. Instead of relying solely on commissioned work or gallery shows, think about selling prints, merchandise, or teaching classes. This will alleviate pressure during less productive periods while still allowing you to share your art with the world. Lastly, Rebecca, don't be so hard on yourself. I know it's easier said than done, but we're all on this cosmic journey called life, and sometimes it throws us a curveball or two, or you know, a whole bucket of them. Your passion for art and your perseverance are clear, so keep pushing forward, adapting, and always remember to put your well-being first. Now go show the world what Rebecca from Portland can do. Cha-cha on, my friend. And that's a wrap, folks. I want to thank all of you beautiful listeners out there for tuning in to another tantalizing episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. Your curiosity, open-mindedness, and downright tenacity in seeking the truth despite the ups and downs of life keep this show rolling. Don't forget, you can be an essential part of the Straight Talk family by submitting your blazing hot questions and voting on other listeners' mysteries over at brainwavespod.com. The more you engage, the spicier it gets. Be sure to join us again in next episode, where we'll dive deep into a fresh set of questions crafted by you and your fellow listeners. Remember, we're all in this crazy, confusing, and beautiful world together. Let's continue to seek the wisdom and the laughs that life throws our way, one question at a time. Stay curious and take care. <laughs>